Amen. Well, I'm excited to be with you tonight. Um, I've been asked to, to kick off a, a short Wednesday night series tonight. We're going to uh, get into what that's about in just a minute, but let me just say this. Everybody has a way of how we go about living our everyday life how we go about just doing the simple things in our life, how we go about getting ready for our jobs in the morning, how we go about our work schedule, how we, how we interact with our kids, our friends. Everybody has what I would say is a rhythm of life. But when things like this happen, sometimes we can get knocked out of the rhythm of our life, and, and certainly the virus has knocked us all out of the rhythms of our life. And sometimes when we get knocked out of the rhythms of our life, whether it's a circumstance, an event, a tragedy, sometimes it's something we did, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's something we could have avoided, sometimes it isn't. But sometimes in life we get knocked out of the everyday rhythms of our life. But those who are disciples of Jesus, those who follow Jesus, our first order of response, our, our grounding point, our rallying point, should be something that starts like this or, or it looks like this. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit. In other words, we ground ourselves in what we believe. And that provides a framework for our life. When, when life gets jostled around and, and things get knocked around and the rhythm of our life gets upset, we need to come back to as disciples and followers of Jesus to what we believe. This is the framework of regaining a rhythm of life. In that framework of belief, we stand firm. In that framework of believing in God the Father, in His Son, and the Holy Spirit, we walk and live by faith. Because we believe, we daily connect with God in, in Scripture, in prayer, in worship. Because we believe, we live in a way that shows that we need Him. We, we just don't believe in God and live without Him, but we live in a way that shows that we need Him, that we follow Him. We live in His words. What has He said? We live as a light. We declare the Gospel. See, these things will help us get back into a rhythm of life, and it's the rhythm of life that we need to be in no matter what is happening around us. So the series we're kicking off tonight, it, it goes with this, because we're going to kick off a short series on Wednesdays here. I've been asked to kick it off tonight about the Bible. We're going to be teaching about the Bible and, and some ways to be able to dig into Scripture and, and understand it and apply it, but tonight's kind of an introduction to that. But part of the rhythm of your life as a follower and believer of Jesus Christ is the Word, the written Word. We, we know that uh, the spoken Word of God has been reverberating around for all of time. We know that Jesus, the Word in flesh, the capital T-H-E, the Word made flesh is Jesus. But we also know that there is the written Word of God that has been given to us. I want to start tonight in Psalm chapter 119. So if you've got your Bible, I hope you have your Bible at home. Maybe pop it up on your phone. 
Why don't you jump to Psalm 119? And, and Psalm 119 is a long chapter in the Bible. It's got 176 verses. I would really encourage you at some time to get back and read it. We're not obviously not going to read all those verses tonight. But I want to read down through here, and, and it has words like precepts. It has words like statutes. It has words like commands and commandments. These are all the Word of God. Okay, and I want to read a few verses, and we're going to jump down to verse 105. But Psalm 119, verse number 1, let's read that. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. That's the Word. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies. That's His Word. And that seek Him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep His precepts. That's His Word. Keep His precepts, Thy precepts, diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep Thy statutes. That's the Word. That I shall not be ashamed when I have respect unto all Thy commandments. That's the Word. I will praise Thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned Thy righteous judgments. That's the Word. I will keep Thy statutes. That's the Word. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto according to thy word. In my whole heart I have sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Again, that's the word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, who teach me thy statutes. That's his word. And all the way down in Psalm 119, 105, I read that to lead to this. It says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You see, it's the word of God that lights up a dark world. It is the word of God that leads us in a new way of being. It's the word of God that gives light to our direction, to our path. As a matter of fact, it leads all the way to the way, to the truth and to the life, and that is Jesus Christ. See, this Bible right here should be a cornerstone of the Christian life. And without it, you're missing out on something that God has given to you. See, we as followers of Jesus Christ, we believe the Bible. 66 books of Old and New Testament is God's given Word to mankind. We believe that the Bible is authoritative. It is God's authoritative Word. In other words, it's accurate. It's true. It's reliable. We stand on it. We stand in it. It is God's spoken Word to us, written in an expression of inspiration. So, if that is the case, if God gave us a Word... And I know we often want to receive a word from God, but if, but if God has given us a written word, why wouldn't you be in it? Why would this not be a cornerstone, a foundation of your life? See, again, the rhythms of our life need to always include the things that connect us to God. The Bible is chief among them. Word, prayer, Worship. This should be a part of the rhythm of your everyday life. For it is God's word to us. And 
We should read the Bible. Yeah, we should read it. Study it. Well, yeah, yeah, we need to study it. How about we immerse ourselves into it? See, we believe what the Word says. We memorize what the Word says. We meditate on what the Word says. We proclaim what the Word says. See, we must learn from Him, and the Bible is the cornerstone of how. Again, we often look for a new word, a word given to us and all these different things, but right here, right where you are, is a written word given to you that is full of the revelation of God. See, we talk about uh, what we call spiritual disciplines. That doesn't sound exciting, spiritual disciplines, but the reason they call them disciplines is because these are things that you must practice habitually in your life. Spiritual disciplines, like we've been mentioning, it is, it is time in the Word. It is prayer. It is worship. It's fasting. Uh, we need to add to spiritual disciplines in our day and age, church attendance, coming to church. We need these things in our life. They're not spiritual check boxes to mark off. Well, I read the Bible today. I prayed a little bit today, you know, and I even fasted once, maybe a couple months ago. I get to church every once in a while, you know. They're not spiritual check boxes, you know, that we need to mark off. They're not spiritual hoops to jump through. Certainly not trying to earn brownie points with God. It's not like you need to fulfill certain time amounts to make God happy. God's not that petty. But what they are, these spiritual disciplines of word, worship, prayer, fasting, church, all these different things, they are how we know God, how we grow in Him, how we allow Him into our lives so He can do whatever that He wants to do. Forms you. He shapes you. That's what this is all about. The Bible should be a significant part of your life. I know it goes without saying, but we need to bring us back to these things because we get, we get distracted. We get busy. We, our focus goes other places. Our priority goes other places. The Bible should be a significant part of your everyday life. Again, it's not about how much you read. It's not having to fill time quotas, but it is time with God and prayer and Scripture that form us and shape us and make us into who He intends us to be. You see, talking about significance, I got a stack of Bibles here. I got, I don't know, like six Bibles. And, you know, I own about, I own about 10, 11, 12 Bibles. I know I got them scattered around at different places. I have several in my office. I got different translations to help me in study. But I have some Bibles that I consider significant. Now, I've given a lot of Bibles away. I mean, I've been pastoring 26 years, so I've given scores of Bibles away. But there's a handful of Bibles. Unless there was no other way, I wouldn't give to somebody because they're significant to me. I want to tell you about these because I want to show you that they are significant to me. This Bible right here is a Bible of my great, great, I think, great-grandfather. If you checked it out, it's actually in German. My, my dad gave this to me. He, he received it, kind of passed down to family. This Bible is significant to me because I have been fortunate to have been handed down a faith to believe. My family has a heritage of the Christian faith, and this Bible means that to me. As a matter of fact, I've been picking this up. Dust has been flying, parts have been falling off, and this is an old Bible. 
But this is significant to me because of the heritage of Christian faith that I've been given that I must pass on to those after me. That, this Bible means something to me. Now this Bible, this Bible is my very first big boy Bible. It's this little blue Bible. Um, I got this Bible one day in Sunday school when I was a kid, which would have been the late 1970s, but don't add that up. But anyways, uh, I got this Bible, I believe, because in Sunday school, I recited all the books of the Old Testament in order, and they gave you a prize, which was this little blue Bible. But anyways, I had those little New Testament ones, you know, the pocket ones when I was a kid, but this was my first big boy Bible that had the whole Bible in Old Testament and New Testament. So, but this is significant. I'm glad that I was able to hang on to this all these years, but my first big boy Bible, that means something to me. Now this Bible, um, this Bible my parents bought me when I just graduated from college, or I'm, I'm sorry, high school. And this was the Bible I took away with me to college, and it ended up being my very first study and preaching Bible. So all the very first sermons I preached for the first few years of being a youth pastor, I preached out of this Bible. Um, if you got a close-up on it, it's held together by packaging tape. It, it, the page is missing out of it, lots of rips in it. But I put a lot of study into this old Bible. It means something to me. My very first preaching came out of this Bible. Now, this Bible is a little different. This was not a Bible given to me. I actually had to buy this Bible. Um, I got this Bible when I was in college. And the reason I got it when I was in college, because I had to buy it, it was for a class. And uh, probably for, I think, three, maybe four semesters, I took Greek in, in college. And this was a required textbook for Greek. It's not a textbook because it's actually a Greek New Testament. And I had Dr. Gary Little every day, 8 a.m. for several semesters. And that is horrible, by the way. Wake up 8 o'clock and go to Greek. That's not fun, but it's what I did five days a week for a handful of semesters. But this Greek Bible, it's no English in it, it's all Greek. It's significant to me because it's the challenge of learning Scripture. And what, what Dr. Little would do, you'd come to class, and you say, hey, pop quiz time, and he'd say, open up to page 500, and he'd say, okay, on page 500, the first two paragraphs, translate them, that's your pop quiz today. I know it's horrible, that's not fun, but that's what we did. But this Bible means something to me because it was the challenge of deeper learning of Scripture. And I always hang on to this. Now, I told you this was my first preaching Bible. When it fell apart, I got this preaching Bible. This is my second preaching Bible. And this means something to me because this really embodied transitions in my life and growing and changing and becoming more into what God intended. But this Bible... Actually, it has blood in it. You know, one day I was reading, I think I'm in the Psalms. I'd have to find it in the Psalms. My nose started bleeding. It's all over my Bible. So it's got my blood in it. You know, all the blood, sweat, and tears I put in this Bible. But this Bible, again, it's held together by packaging tape. It's falling apart. You see pages coming out of it. it means something to me. And when this was falling apart, there were kids in the youth group and youth staff back in 24-7 several years ago who bought me a new Bible, a study Bible. And this is a lot of times the Bible I've been preaching out recently. But I say all that to say this, these Bibles are significant to me because they are tied to significant points in my life, but it shows that there's never been a time in my life, when I look back and think about it, where there hasn't been a Bible closely tied to who I am. And the reason that is because these Bibles, the Scripture, 
has got to be tied to the everyday rhythm and everyday living of my life. It's part of who I am and what I do, not something I try to add in and and make a part of my life when I have time. But Scripture to be significant in how it brings revelation to your life. So I want want to tell you some things about the Bible. So if you got time and you got a moment here, get a pen out and, and write some things down, but Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16 for the very first point. We're going to read more about uh, what is written in that passage in just a few moments. But simply put, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16. What is the Bible? Very simply, it says there, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Another translation says all Scripture is God-breathed. In other words, what is the Bible? It is the inspiration of God written in words that we as human beings can understand. That's what the Bible is. Inspiration of God. And it is the revelation of God. It is revelation from God. It is the revealing of God, His will and His ways. And because it is revelation, it is alive. It is God's Word that brings life, it brings new life. So it's inspiration, it's revelation, and it brings life. It is the breathing Word of God. And of course, being God's Word, it has eternal relevance. It's never out of date. It's never short in what it proclaims. It is always true in what it proclaims. And one thing is amazing about the Bible Let me grab one that's got the old and new in it. Over a couple thousand years, many, many authors, the unity of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation is absolutely amazing. And that unity of Scripture from beginning to end and all it contains is a testament to the inspiration of the God who gave it to us, who can bring all those years, all those different people to bring something for us to show us who God is and what He's about and what He would like to see happen, to tell the story of salvation and all those different things. The unity of Scripture is absolutely amazing. Now see, here's here's one, let me explain, but it says, you know, the Bible is, is revelation within particular circumstances and events of human history. Particular circumstances and events of human history. In other words, that's what it means. It records the who the what, and the why of creation. Why are we here? Well, the Bible tells us. It records the story of salvation because the Bible tells the story of of the great fall, but it tells us the story of that salvation. That we are saved by actual events, not just ideas or some philosophy, but it records the story of salvation. The Bible records God's interaction with man, how he deals with man, how he interacts with man, how he wants to do so. And it certainly gives us the essentials of our faith, what we believe in, what we stand in, what we do with our lives. So the Bible, and one amazing thing about the Bible, it's not just straight one way or the other. The Bible contains story, narrative, it has poetry, wisdom writing, prophetic utterance, It has letters that are called epistles, apocalyptic writing, all inspired in different genres that give us the written Word of God. Let's go back to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 
read some more about the Bible, you know, testifying to the inspiration of God to us. Second Timothy chapter three, and we're gonna do fourteen to seventeen verses. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child that has known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise in the salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Again, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So the Bible is profitable for doctrine, what we believe. It's profitable for reproof, to check ourselves against it. It's profitable for correction, what we need to change, what needs rethought, what needs made new. It's for instruction in righteousness, how to live with God and for God. Why is that? So the man of God, we, we are men and women of God. We follow him so that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, the things we've been called to. It instructs, it teaches, it guides, it corrects, it equips us for living the life that God intends us to live. Therefore, we submit to it. Now see, let me just make this point. The Bible ultimately, the big picture point of the Bible is Jesus Christ. That's what the whole entire thing gets to, is Jesus Christ. He is the fulfillment of the law and prophets, all the things that lead up to what Gospels tell us. And everything after is a witness to Jesus. So for all the things that you can teach from in the Bible, all, all the whole counsel of God that we find in the Bible is ultimately profitable because it gives us Jesus Christ and the testimony to the Word of God that came in flesh, our salvation. Jesus is the pinnacle of the Bible. He is the ultimate testimony and revelation of Scripture. He is our salvation, as it says in verse 15 which we are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. See, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 3 says, For I delivered unto you first of all which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. The Bible says that we preach Christ crucified, and that is the big picture message of what this is. Man was created, man fell, salvation comes, there is resurrection, there is new heaven, new earth. That's what this is all about, ultimately what it points us to. Jesus is the pinnacle of the revelation of Scripture. So we get to this to say this that we hold God's Word, the Bible, in high esteem. That is the cornerstone of the living of our life as followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. 
is part of the framework of how we live. So I encourage you this. Hold, hold it close. I mean, I, I feel... You know, I feel good at times that I'm able to find Bibles that, that connect me to certain parts of my life. And if I didn't have them, that was fine. But for me, they're significant in that way. Hold, hold it close. But I don't mean just keeping your Bible. What I mean, hold it close, is that you, you immerse yourself into it. But you can't immerse yourself into Scripture, again, if you're not spending time in it. You see... During this time of, of what's happening with the virus when we're, we're not able to get together in church and all the crazy things that are happening, and again, some of us are being knocked out of the rhythms of our life, this is a great time to reestablish your daily time in the Word and prayer. This is a wonderful time to reestablish the habit of getting up each day in the morning or the last thing before you do when you hit the bed at night or maybe over a lunch break if you're still heading to work, to establish the habit of spending time in the written Word of God. If you've gotten away from it, if you need to dust your Bible off and get it back out, do so. If, if, if you've got a Bible and you haven't been in it much, you need to crack the gold edges of the pages open and find some new parts of Scripture, do so. But establish the habit of your life that is a spiritual discipline that leads us to life. Get back in your word. So each day, at some time, for some time, take time. Get in the word. God will show up. The Holy Spirit will illuminate. He will show you. He will teach you. He will guide you. These words will be alive. You can read this through this thing a hundred different times and a hundred different times see things you haven't seen before. I've been preaching out of the Bible for 26 years now and it still surprises me, still takes me off guard, still shows me new things. You cannot completely gather this thing in and make it known to yourself that you, that you got it all. It doesn't work that way. The revelation of God is always speaking, it's always challenging you, and it's always changing you. That's what the Word does. That's my challenge to you tonight. Now, I know in, the, in Wednesday's coming up that, that we're going to teach, teach a little more about the Bible, teach you how to get in, how, how to uh, interpret and, and get after it and apply it. But simply this, if nothing else, start reading it. Study it. Immerse yourself in it and allow the Scripture to be what God intended it to be in your life for the reason that He gave it to you. Amen? So, get, to, get your Bibles out. Start studying. And by the way, all these Bibles on this little thing here, all of them, but two of them, somebody gave to me. One of the greatest things that you can give to somebody else is the written Word of God with some simple instructions. Start here, read this, and just let the Holy Spirit do what only He can do in illuminating and bringing the Scripture to life to the people that have it. Amen? Best gift you can give anybody with your prayers and the proclaiming of the Gospel. Well, that's all I have tonight. Thanks for joining us. I know we're going to have a closing in just a second, but let me just pray for you before we go. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your Word. We thank you for what it teaches us. We thank you that these are your words that we can put our faith in and stand firm and stand strong and not be moved. We're thankful for the promises of your word. We're thankful for the salvation it proclaims that we will never be moved from it. But I pray, Lord, that we immerse ourselves into your word to let it be what it intends us to be. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for all that you are for us. And we worship you today and we follow you today. We pick up our cross daily and follow you. In Jesus' name.